Gavin Murphy, you are a graduate from psychology and you have a master's in applied spirituality. You work with the Jesuits in Ireland. You also have your own website, I Love Bipolar, because you have experienced bipolar episodes in your life. And that has been a subject of interest and reflection for you, both in your thesis and in your work. And now you've published this book with Messenger Publications, Bursting Out in Praise, Spirituality and Mental Health. So clearly for you, spirituality and mental health are very important bedfellows. Absolutely. Spirituality and mental health are a huge part of my career to date. And uh, I find spirituality in particular really, really helpful for maintaining a good sense of myself. As you mentioned, I have bipolar, which is known for its changes and challenges in mood, such as the, the low lows of depression to the high highs of mania. But this booklet was about coming together with a few reflections, about 20 reflections, and it was about normalizing the mental health experience as well, because we're all somewhere along the mental health continuum. I, as a person with bipolar, can be on the same point on the spectrum, on the continuum, as we like to call it, as someone without bipolar. So I use my personal experiences in this booklet and I try to focus on what may relate to uh, the general public. Low mood, dysphoria, a sense of uh, intense unease and agitation. And, and hypomania, which is also common in the general public, and it's known for overactivity and elation. So you talk about the general public. I mean, obviously, as you say, there is a spectrum and people are, you know, somewhere all of us are on that spectrum. So is it purely for people who hit the low lows and the high highs? Or is there wisdom there for us all as we go through life experiencing, as we call it, just colloquially or ups and downs? Yeah, I suppose I have the benefits of hard-earned wisdom, I'd like to think. I suppose the booklet is for the general public and it's for people also who may have an openness to God. I think the spiritual dimension, I suppose, of mental health is about fullness of life. And coming from psychology, I remember we were talking about the fully functional person and it's about being independent and being productive and so on. But there's also the fully functional person from the contemplative perspective. And I think that is about fullness of life. I'm very lucky because I'm steeped in Ignatian spirituality just by being educated by the Jesuits over the years and having an interest with my MA thesis was in relation to St. Ignatius. And one example would be in my own mental health experience was around this Latin term agera contra, which means to go against self. Basically, that at times our natural inclinations, what we want to do, may actually be very unhelpful. So if we're going towards a high state where we're anxious and we're very, very stressed, the advice is to slow down, to centre ourselves, to breathe, to be with people who can calm and steady us, and then to get to a point that Gerald O'Mahony calls the still point. And then on the other hand, you can use this psycho-spiritual concept when you're at the low end, when you're perhaps you have depressive symptoms. So then you need to get up and go and attend appointments and go for a run, go for a walk but you have to keep going because you're naturally inclined at that time to to plunge and do nothing yeah i've heard people say that when you're in the depth of depression to even shave yourself can seem like climbing mount everest but ignatius is saying you're experiencing that if we can keep aware and go against that natural inclination this can help to bring about a balance exactly i suppose it's worth mentioning that i have an undergraduate in psychology and i was doing a master's in in psychology in in ireland and i came across disorienting dilemma in my own circumstances where only years later I realised that spirituality and faith was actually not compatible with psychology and so in a way psychology from my experience
experience ignored a very fundamental dynamic in our lives. You mean the spiritual aspect of the spiritual, transcendence? The spiritual aspect from doing an MA course in Waterford recently, we're told it's a dynamic, a dynamic towards fullness of life, a dynamic towards the ultimate values, goodness, beauty, truth. And I think that's just very, very important to, to take on board. There is a change, isn't there, nowadays, though, even with talks that are being given and in the psychiatric profession, where there is much more an acknowledgement of that holistic sense of the person and that spiritual dimension to their being, whether or not you define what God is, but that the spirituality is very important. So it is changing in Ireland, isn't it, and around I, the world? I think so. And my own vision for mental health in Ireland would be to have regular conversations between younger and older people. We know that mental health is the number one health concern of young people in Ireland between 12 and 25. And so young people are beginning to talk to each other about their mental health experiences. But I think older people tend to have a resolve, you know, to hang tight, to be tough, to carry on with mental health struggles and I think at some levels it's it's quite unconscious they don't really know that they're experiencing mental health difficulties but until these problems are talked about I think their growth will remain stunted and you know there's the old saying that truth will set you free so my vision would be to have that conversation that regular conversation and I suppose yeah certainly the interplay the relationship now between psychology and spirituality and rather than coming from a defensive point of view I'm not about spirituality and I don't want to know about psychology and vice versa it's best and I think Ignatian spirituality actually brings in psychology and spirituality from one of the concepts I mentioned and it's very exciting so I hope to continue to look at the spiritual exercises in terms of the interplay between the two fields. That's the spiritual exercises that Saint Ignatius wrote to help people move toward an experience of God. You in this book you're not saying that medication is not important. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. In the booklet, I talk about recovery and popular treatment and spiritual guidance. And I give the example of someone who may experience severe depression and particular steps that they may go through in terms of popular treatment these days. And that may involve going to the GP, sharing the symptoms with the GP. The GP may order a blood test that may in turn go to mental health services in terms of the psychiatrist. And at that stage, the person may want or be at least open to using mental health medication. And then from there, of course, there's psychotherapy and psychoeducation where you're learning about assertiveness and expressing yourself in terms of intimacy and relationships, which are very important for all of us, really. And I suppose underneath it all, then there's love, as one psychiatrist, Linda Gask, she said yes the tablets and the therapy really helped on her own expertise as she's a former psychiatrist now but it was love the love that she shared between herself and her husband john and that's what really matters and i think that mirrors the love of god in many ways too so for you in your life and in your journey with your medication you're trying to you know keep a balanced life which is what you try to do you find that experience of the love of god and then your spiritual practice is what gives you a sense of balance so can you tell me about what those spiritual practices are perhaps yeah, I suppose meditation is very important for me. I get up in the morning, I do my half hour and I do actually a Zen practice, which I learned from a Jesuit, an American Jesuit. And it's basically just silent meditation and listening to your breath. And it sounds very simple, but it is quite difficult. And today, preparing for this talk, I was quite stressed. And so it was challenging to stay with that meditation for the half hour today. So that's one thing. I suppose then I try to enter into a meditative life, meditative pace, if I get 
get stressed during the day at work, I ask myself what would be the more meditative thing to do. And that often means that I pause and I go back to looking outside in the garden for a minute and getting back to work. And then do things like what normal people do, I suppose, the rest of the general public do, and come home and try to share my talents, try to eat well, go for swims and runs. and Plenty of sleep. Plenty of sleep, yeah. And even a kind of a routine with the sleep. I tend to go to bed around nine o'clock and it would take me a good hour to sleep. And I take the medication before and I'd, I'd read a book and do an exam the Jesuit prayer, looking back over the day. And gratitude is a big part of that. And you talk a lot about gratitude even in your book. Yeah, I suppose Bursting Out in Praise is the title, really, Bursting Out in Praise. And I began to realise that there was a bit of a nuance to it because... It's not necessarily a joyful external exclamation. It doesn't have to be hallelujah, but it can be a hallelujah inside. You know, the heart can vibrate like a guitar and and there can be an anchoring of spirit that can be joyful as well. It's kind of entering into it every day in a meditative way, being open to the bursts of loveliness in everyday life. And it strikes me that really what you're saying is you're not defined by your mental illness, that you are much bigger and much more than that. And that really, as I hear you, your definition is your relationship with God and the fact that you are a spiritual being as well as a physical being. Absolutely. And I think spiritual guidance actually in the Ignatian tradition is really, really helpful for seeing the big picture of my life. It can be too easy to focus on my bipolar symptoms, but in reality, my spiritual guide gave me the chance to take a bit of distance from my experience. And that is wonderful in many ways. And then I can laugh at myself. Sometimes I can laugh at myself in the moment, but often it's looking back. Another thing strikes me about your spiritual practice that is probably helpful for anybody, and it is a very much accepted spiritual practice, which is that of awareness, that you keep aware of, you know, you said there, if I'm in work and I'm feeling stressed, you note that you're feeling stressed. Like Very often a lot of us are stressed and we don't notice it. So we don't do anything about it and the cycle continues. Whereas because you have to be careful about that and take remedial action quickly, you do cultivate that spiritual quality of awareness. Yeah, I like to think so. In Ignatian terms, again, they talk about consolation and desolation. And I like to think that for the most part, I'm in tune with God's presence. There's a bipolar scale or it actually can be used for anybody really from zero zero to 10 instead of saying, you know, I'm nine out of 10. If I'm feeling great, five out of 10 is known as the balanced point. The consolation is around four, five and six of that scale. And then the desolation would be on the more extreme ends. So I try to be balanced in that sense. And it's all about, in a way, mindfully returning to uh, the present moment, mindfully returning to my breath, mindfully returning to the person next to me, mindfully returning to the rain and the sun. It is a discipline as well, isn't it? Because, you know, at one end you're saying, okay, when I get really low and I don't want to get out of the bed, I say, get out of the bed. And that is Azure Contra, as you talked about Ignatius, and that's not easy to do. Then on the other side, I presume, like if you're moving toward elation, I mean, that must be a great feeling. Like it's very hard to say, oh, I'm having a great feeling. I better pull that one back. I remember doing a reflection on hypomania, which would be that elated state. And I found that I can actually be quite deceived or seductive because on the one hand, it's fantastic to be excited and to be joyful. But on the other hand, and this is true for the general public, that if you're hypomanic, if you're elated and overactive, you may be getting lots of things done. But are you being present with people? Are you connecting with people? And I've listened to a doctor before talking about from his perspective that there's a disconnect between himself and his client, his 
patient. So yeah, excitement is wonderful, joy is wonderful, but just to be a bit mindful of what turns us away from God, what turns us away from stillness. And that lack of connection with yourself, God and others really when you're in that hyper state. Exactly. And in that stage, I know from experience that it's I'm not particularly good to anybody. And of course, I have to be compassionate with that too and be okay with that. And often if I do catch myself being vulnerable, I can smile at least because the smile comes from the awareness and then hopefully later I'll be able to respond and actually to act and return. If I am in tuned with God, the only response then is to be grateful and to live my life well in order to be grateful. Finally, the book itself. It's a small book, but it's laid out very well. Well, talk us through it. You write a chapter, say, for example, one chapter, Balance, Modern and Contemplative Wisdom for Life. So you write about a balanced lifestyle. Then at, toward the end of that short chapter, you give a reflection. Is that right at the end? Just looking here to see. You have a question or two, you know, how do you see God's will in the people you've met this week? How can you strengthen the connection with the people you'll meet today? And then a reading from the Bible or the gospel or some book, is that right? Exactly. And I suppose I do get scripture regularly from my spiritual guide. So I have him to thank really for most of those scripture passages. It was a challenge because, you know, I am Catholic and I do go to mass and I do read the Bible, but I'm learning about it too, you know. So as I was going through the reflections and trying to come up with the scripture passages, it was really really helpful one of my favorite verses comes from psalm 23 in grassy meadows he lets me lie by tranquil streams he leads me to restore my spirit and that is in one of the reflections when i repeat that to myself uh, slowly steadily like a mantra it does really transport me to a, a different time and place but also then it makes me more present because i realize when i'm among meadows and streams in my mind then i'm actually very good with my work tasks and present with people so i keep going back to that and the good shepherd and then of course look to god in the general sense male female and really trying to look to the expansiveness of god and not to limit god to my own viewpoint so i'm learning that and i hope to work with a feature page for the Irish Jesuits around spirituality and mental health. My contribution will be doing some meditations, sharing some meditations with younger people because of their particular need today. So you have this book, Bursting Out in Praise, Messenger Publications. How much does it cost? Do you know, Gavin? It costs five euro and it's available on the Messenger website, messenger.ie. And just a big thanks to the staff at the Messenger and to the Irish Jesuits as well. I really do hope it may be of use to people and I will do more my bit to, to sell it and hopefully it'll connect with other people too. Thank you very much indeed.